If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Ben Mr. Ben Errington. Oh. Usually giving a Mr. Thing. <laughs> I went you did in, your intro I went in, in a different. Bit late. <laughs> yeah. You did your intro in a different tone. As I just wanted to throw you off course to keep you. You know, like comedians sometimes sometimes say they uh, like to put in an extra word that they wouldn't put in on any other night. So it, yeah. so it comes out fresh. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I like to stick a word. stick a quick <laughs> thumb up that you weren't expecting. Thumb up the ring piece. Okay. Yeah. This is the first episode of us back at a regular Skype platform, rather than actually being sat yeah. next to each other in the room. How did you, how did you find that? Uh, I liked it. I liked being sat next to you. It was a bit. I think I kept looking at you. <laughs> Watching it back, it looks like I'm sort of in love with you. Like a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, love it. just like gazing at you lovingly. Um, yeah. But you were really good. You were looking at the camera and talking to the camera, which I didn't do. That's all right. I don't think it matters, does it? I think majority of people would still have been consuming this podcast in audio everyone, form. Yeah, everyone just looks at you anyway. They look at you lovingly throughout the entire. <laughs> That's the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I look at myself lovingly in the little. I, I've got in, in Skype. I've got a little box with my own face in it, and I rarely take my eyes off that. I just go, look at a state of you. Look at I, a state, look what you've become. I think everyone's like that. No one's looking at the other person in Skype or like the other person in a, in a FaceTime call. The only reason I'm not looking at myself <laughs> is because I've got my notes up as the main screen, and yeah, then yeah, you're, yeah. you're like a little square in the okay. corner. Got you. And just hide yourself box. off. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one thing, I know, one thing I noticed from sitting next to you is I smell like, the con- is, <laughs> is that you bloody stink no, you smell of bloody you smell of smell. bloody oxtail soup <laughs> you or smell some of shit like that you smell yeah. of up north which is mines and <laughs> coal 
and gravy. Oh, mine! Bloody Bovril and what else? Pies. And all that shite. Um, all I noticed is that you, you've got like quite a detailed note system. Well, not detailed, but like you've got a note system. Yeah. I mean, I have to be completely honest with you, is that I stopped the note system after maybe like episode 20. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I used to like make notes. I used to write notes in a notebook. I used to do these things. What I tend to do now is I just, I've got like a few tabs open for me to like refer back to of the film. Mm. Um, but I don't really make notes anymore. I don't know what it is. Uh, I found, I, I found, I found yeah. I didn't want to make notes while I was watching the film because it almost felt like it took me out of it. And then afterwards, yeah. I don't know. Well, I've stopped doing. I've stopped focusing on taking notes during the film too much. Um, so I used to like think I have to get talking points about each parag- like each part of the film. But now I just kind of feel like I'll remember and I'll talk about whatever I'm thinking about at the time. Um, but I need I need notes for scores, um, scores, yeah. uh, um, trivia even. Um, oh yeah, trivia. That makes more sense. Staff. Yeah. As in, like yeah. uh, actors. Well, I think and with the tabs, with the tabs, I'm kind of like I've got a, a, usually a Wikipedia, an IMDb, and a letterbox open yeah. simultaneously, which I can like refer back to. So, despite the fact that my note-taking ability is clearly taking a hit, mm. I mean, I know what I'm doing, mate. I'm a bloody professional, you know. Speaking of that, you got any news for us? Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Well, this week has been—I don't know if it's been because we obviously missed last week. Um, but quite a lot's been happening. I don't know if you no- have you noticed this. Like trailers have been dropping for stuff left, right, and center, center, right, and left. Um, it's, I find it pretty difficult to keep up. Um, the range so of windows. This week we yeah. just watch one after the other. Arrange it, buddy. I'll watch them all at the same time, <laughs> mate. Just so, just so good. Well, well, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, non-horror ones. Like obviously we've had like Wonder Woman this this week. Uh, other stuff, and then horror ones we've had like well, kind of horror, Ghostbusters. Mm. Um, we've got some game announcements and stuff. I feel like it's bloody Christmas. I can't keep up. Just give me a give me a break in the lead up to Christmas. But so out of all of the things again. that you just mentioned, I know which one you're. Well, actually, I think I know which one you're the most excited about. Yeah, Resident Evil. Yeah. All right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll dive into that first. So Resident Evil Three or Resident Evil Three Nemesis, hmm. which I don't think it's going to be called. I think it's going to be called just Resident Evil Three. I, I think they've got rid of the Nemesis tagline. Yeah. Uh, this um so yeah it's been officially announced we we saw last week sort of like a leak of the artwork because apparently it went up on the playstation store or the playstation network um and we saw jill and carlos and the net the new design of nemesis which is like he's got a weird crooked nose and is i mean it looks very much in keeping with the new resident evil games resident evil 2 resident evil 7 um a lot of people complain and saying it looks a bit silly but i like it i think it definitely looks the, tri- the most silly out of Resi 7 and Resi 2 so far. Yeah, I think Nemesis kind of looks bloody mental. If he's anyway, walking around he? with a bazooka. I think the reason I like Resi 7 so much is because it felt... It starts off very grounded and then becomes increasingly sort of insane. But, um, yeah, yeah no, I mean, so is it first person? Because the trailer like has a whole first person. So the, aspect. So the trailer has a first person section, but the game I'm assuming, and I've seen, well, I've seen a, I've seen a few a few minutes of gameplay, mm. or I'll say a few minutes, probably like thirty seconds. Um, it's going to be the same as Resident Evil Two, so that over the shoulder, sort of. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of over the shoulder, a little bit behind. It's basically going to be the same as Resi Two, I think. Yeah. The, the same the same way that the the two and three followed each other on, in the original PlayStation. It's going to be basically like that. The same game, using using some of the same settings, obviously, as Resident Evil 2. 
and yeah it looks pretty pretty good we don't see absolutely loads but we see enough to to hype everybody up i mean the fact that mr x in resident evil 2 was such a big presence yeah uh, metaphorically and literally um nemesis is obviously going to follow something similar to that so but yeah one of my favorite games uh well every resident evil game is, is up there as one of my favorites but pretty lucky as resident as if you're a resident evil fan to be uh enjoying these games um in 2019 slash 2020 because resident evil 2 remake was superb and resident evil 3 looks like it's going to be just as good and if also this, so if there's this is a, just an successful, online game oh yes sorry if this is just as successful it's been a pump straight through to resi 4 I think possibly Resi 8 would get the attention mm. after this. Wow, and Resi 4... I think Resi 4 for is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? I think Resi 7, 4 2, is... 3, 8. Huh? <laughs> I think Resi 4 still feels like n- enough of a classic yeah. using using a lot of gaming um, styles that are still really popular now. That I think re- going back and remaking it always feels a bit redundant. Yeah. Whereas these, because they were on PS1, remaking them kind of feels and also Resident Evil 4 like there's so many different ports and different versions of it on pretty much every console I can't remember the last time we got the when we got the PlayStation 4 version of it but you know I think mm, it's been there yeah, I think okay, so I think yeah. after Resident Evil 2 and 3 they'll move on to 8 I don't think they're likely to give the remake treatment to anything else for a while until maybe PS5 that makes sense yeah so I mean the yeah. Ghostbusters trailer um, it's not what anyone was expecting. <laughs> I think everyone's kind of like thinking after the backlash of the last Ghostbusters, they were like, "Oh, they're going to completely play it by what people want." It's going to be fan service, fan service central. Uh, it's just going to be um, full of uh, Venkman, um, Egon, not Egon, <laughs> the others. Um, but it's not. Oh, the trailer is it anyway? It's like it's got none of that at all. It's not even in New York, which is sort of uh, yeah. crucial really to a Ghostbusters film as we know it yeah um, a lot of people said like it's basically Stranger Things by the way of Ghostbusters which I guess yes not just because of Finn Wolfhard's inclusion but you know uh, kids but as far as I'm aware all the original cast sans Harold Ramis are returning right I think so yeah and I love the little bit of trailer with uh, Bill Murray's speech oh Uh, yeah that was wonderful yeah yeah. call it fade Call it karma. His voice yeah, I love is that. so good. I thought, He's got such a good voice. That was a wonderful. Yeah. That was a goosebumps moment for me during this trailer, yeah. and I don't mean goosebumps like, yeah, the books, <laughs> the books. Uh, yeah, that was great, and I think it looks cool. We didn't see really any ghosts or any like major plot points, or you know, this could all be taking part in the first half of the film, and we could end up in New York or you know mm. somewhere else in the second half possibly, but. I'm kind of glad that they didn't just go right here is basically a Ghostbusters Ghostbusters free. Yeah. I'm glad that they've again and it's, J- and it's um, Jason Reitman isn't it? Uh, they're the son of Ivan Reitman who directed their first two. The yeah. originals. So, yeah, cool. so that's I'm obviously, interested to watch yeah. Definitely. And I mean I was interested to watch uh, the 2016 film and I, and I was pretty hyped for that all the way up until I actually saw it, and there were the problems I had with that film were sort of way beyond uh, what a lot of the backlash was. Mm. Um, so I've, I've seen it again, and like just just a bit slapstick, I think. And I think in terms of 
the what the humor that Ghostbusters had, which was that it was still quite scary, um, but obviously had that very sort of cutting humor mm. uh, with with these um, great characters. That's kind of what I felt was missing from the last one. Forget you know the gender of the lead the leading actors. I think it was just the humor. It was a bit too slapstick for me. And Chris, my biggest problem with that film was Chris Hemsworth's character. I was just like, this guy's a... F- what is the point? <laughs> <laughs> what film is this guy supposed to be from? It's not Ghostbusters. Uh, but yeah, so I'm pretty happy and hyped. And obviously, it looks like they're Egon's grandchildren as well, doesn't it? Because mm. talk about their granddad and they look at the one of the suits and it's with Spengler. And, and I think, like. you know, an Ecto-1... Yeah. going through a cornfield I never ever thought that, that I wanted that in my life but as soon yeah. as I saw it I was like that's badass and as soon as I heard the, the sound like the siren sound as well yeah. I was like oh yes come on yeah looking forward to let's that let's do it um, yeah so also Conjuring 3 has announced its official title um, which a lot of people have said is kind of a stupid title but the more I kind of look at it the more I think yeah why not uh, so it's called The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It and it'll be released in September 2020. Well, do you think it's going to be about because they're all about like real incidents, aren't they? I don't know the the Lorraine. What are they called? Lorraine uh, Kelly. I don't know about Lorraine Kelly's ghost hunting cases, but it must be about it must be about a real case. So I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder what they're going to play into. Is yeah, there a famous think... moider or someone who said the devil maybe <laughs> right, do it? That's it. Here we go. So. One of the most sensational cases from their files, it starts with a fight for the soul of a young boy, then it takes them beyond anything they've ever seen before to mark the first time in US history that a murder suspect would claim demonic possession as a defense. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So it is directed by Michael Chaves. No way. He has curse. to be James Wan, surely. He has to finish his yeah. trilogy. So the Curse of La Llorona he directed, so... Oh shit! Shit the bed. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm, I'm judging. I haven't it. heard good. I haven't heard <laughs> yeah. good things either. I'm really, I'm really walking like a a, a a knife edge with these kind of films, especially after watching these two films that mm. we're reviewing today. Well, you know how I feel about films like this, and probably yeah. for the first time in a long time, I honestly felt like after watching one of these films that I was done. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I don't ever want to watch a film like this ever again. I'm done. Yeah. And then I watched Ouija, Origin of Evil, afterwards. Yeah. And I felt like, maybe I'm not done. Maybe <laughs> I'm not done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was very close. I feel like if, if I sort of... That's why I feel like I really want to stay away from some... some if I kind of feel like it's going to be bad, I think I need to stay well, away yeah, from Well, like, yeah, like Lara is an example. I saw the bad stuff about it and was just like, I just can't be arsed with watching a bad version of... The haunted house type. I mean, I still haven't seen the nun. Have you? Again, no. Again, I just I, there's just so many of those coming out. I feel like we can we can pick and choose and just pick the best ones. I'm not that interested in the genre at the minute. I just feel a little bit over, you know. Yeah, I mean, it spent. is it's oversaturated, and unfortunately, if you're over the genre, you, very very, it's very rare that the genre offers anything mm. new. With one of these, with Ouija, obviously we are going to get into it, but I, for the first time in a long time, I felt myself just like actively predicting things, what were going to happen, what was going to yeah. be said, and I don't want to do that when I'm watching a film of any genre, really. Mm. I don't want to be sat there going, oh, I bet this happens next, 
oh, what are you going to say? Are you going to say this, are you? Uh, and it was almost like I was rolling my eyes so hard yeah. and my eyes fell out. <laughs> wow. I landed in my hands and then I ate them and then, then they popped back into my eyes. Bloody hell. I mean, it was pretty good. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> um, have you seen anything good this past couple of weeks? Yeah. <laughs> So I was thinking this earlier. What have I been watching? I don't know. Ever. So I think pretty much the only thing I've seen of any note is Knives Out, uh, which yeah. I know you've seen as well. So the Ryan Johnson murder mystery, um, which I was kind of wasn't entirely sure if I was definitely going to go see it at the cinema. Mm. I saw a couple of trailers. I thought it looked pretty cool. But I was really surprised by how much I liked it, enjoyed it, and kind of want to return to that sort of story and that sort of world again and if possibly Daniel Craig was going to turn up as uh, Benoit Blanc in future installments I would definitely be in there for that I mean it's a great cast and it's nice for Ryan Johnson to do something that's obviously a million miles away from Star Wars and great for like the likes of Daniel Craig and Chris Evans to do something that isn't their most iconic roles mm. yeah man I, my, um, my defences were up going into it I just kind of yeah exactly yeah but uh, had my guards up going in. I just wasn't expecting to enjoy. I'm not a big fan of Agatha Christie stories, or no. I like the board game Cluedo, uh, but I don't. You know, I never win. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I just never that genre. I've never really got into like co- cozy, uh, cozy mysteries to call them. I think. Um, but I went into this, and I was kind of blown <laughs> away. It was really, really fun. Like, <laughs> just like it's not a whodunit because you kind of find out sort of is but not really and it, it constantly keeps you guessing there's a bit of lull like halfway through but then it kind of brings it around to a really satisfying funny conclusion it's great mate I've seen like a, a cornucopia of cinematic joy I've been drinking from this well it's been amazing check out these films I've watched recently Parasite starts yep. that I, so I told you last time I think we spoke I'd seen the first hour and I fell asleep but I watched the rest of it. I was like, "Wow, that was absolutely fantastic!" I love everything about it. The Irishman, Scorsese, Hell absolutely yeah. loved it. Uh, Haunt, which is relevant to this podcast. Haunt is the yeah. uh, low-budget, uh, extreme haunted house story. Yeah, slash it's on Shudder. It's on Shudder. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty. Okay. Yeah, it actually has some really disturbing kills, and it kind of you can't sort of just sit back and watch it. They you, kind of uh, does draw you in and just not creep you out but it's just a bit brutal in places in, in the best fun way Inherent Vice the Paul Thomas Anderson film which oh, is yeah. weird as shit but it's and I, don't, I wasn't too sure I was enjoying it at the time of watching it but when it was done I was like mm, that's, that was pretty great just like a Joaquin really Joaquin Phoenix right yeah yeah. Uh, what's, it, what's it like watching a Joaquin Phoenix role I seem well, oh right okay yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, post Joker, yeah. Uh, well, he's amazing in this as well, in a completely different way. Uh, he's like a he's like a funny stoned uh, detective uh, called Doc, uh, and it's it's just a, it's a weird film, weird performance, uh, but just just sort of fantastic. Uh, what's the name in this as well? Josh Brolin, who plays. I don't know. I mean, you just got to watch it. it. It feels like the kind of film a more mature. Um, more layered version of Big Lebowski, that kind of humour or that kind of story yeah. where it feels like I don't too sure what the hell happened, but it, it it there's something about the tone of it that's really good. Okay, we took a bit of a dive and we went to what we saw Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle because it came on Netflix. 
Still fun. I still liked it. It wasn't amazing, oh, wait, but I oh, still wait. liked uh, it. The first one. Okay. The first, the first one. Because the yeah. second one's out like tonight, yeah. tomorrow. I don't know. You must like it if you've been following that. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit iffy on those, but uh, my daughter likes them, so I promised yeah. we would go and watch it was, the sequel. It was yeah, I might take Cat if she wants to go. It was fun for me and Cat to watch together, and she, Jack Black and the Rock are funny. And, yeah, yeah, see, I just love Jack Black, so I mean, yeah. I'm pretty much sold no matter what yeah. he's in. Then went to the cinema to see Die Hard. They're playing it again for a Christmas yeah. thing. Uh, Die Hard's always great. I haven't seen it for years, and I didn't remember how silly it was I mean I always knew it was silly like uh, the the moments where Bruce Willis is talking like having a sort of like romance with the the policeman outside over the radio yeah. they're, they're kind of falling in love over the phone it's weird uh, but it's like loads of silly, <laughs> silly moments where there's like um, uh, there's, there's like a SWAT squad going into the into the Nakatomi Plaza and as they're going in um, one of the guys it's like all beefy we're holding a gun he runs and he, he catches his hand on a rose and he goes ah! <laughs> like he just sort of like squeals at the, <laughs> he catches he, his <laughs> hand on a what a rose like, like a little rose yeah like a rose fawn and he goes ah! and it's, it's so, so silly so little, little moments like that I've never noticed before and then Knives yeah. Out and then a night or two ago I watched A Marriage Story which again oh I, I missed one here Child's Play I watched which is great fantastic yeah, yeah. I mean it's not it's not Child's Play as we know it it's not the same kind of film at all, but it's fun. Mark Hamill plays the role great. There's some laugh out loud moments. Uh, there's some bits where the it's like an AI, like a little AI robot yep. toy. I, I, think, I think I watched it without realizing it was Mark Hamill. And uh, there's um, there's like little bits where like he's teaching the uh, the robot how to like do a sandwich, and the kid stabs the knife into the chopping board. And then he walks away, and Mark uh, Chucky robot started like doing the action without the knife. <laughs> it's like it's just silly yeah, moments, yeah, yeah. and and the, the the kills are great, stupid, stupid like fun. I, th- I mean, I thought it was all right. Like I didn't, I wasn't blown away by it, but I thought it was. I don't think I'm blown away, but I just thought it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, you go in with low expectations, and you, you come out uh, with high rewards. And the marriage story, which uh, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet, but um, okay. it is it's something an, that I'm probably going to have to watch either tonight or the next couple of days. So I saw Dave, there's a lot of Golden Globe nominations for the film and for Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver. So Mate, yeah, it's, it's, fa- it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it's if you like that kind of film. I mean, our audience here maybe don't go in for it, but uh, it's you know it's quite heavy at times, really emotional. I welled up a few times. It's it's funny as well. Adam Driver and um, <coughs> What's the flavour? Scarlett Johansson Scar-Jo. are great. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson are great. What's her bloody flavour? It's got to be something. And um, I've been watching uh, Watchmen as well, as well as Preacher Season 2. Watchmen, I've seen a few episodes so far. Are you, are you up, no. not up to date? No. I honestly think Watchmen, and it's going to sound like, um, I'm, you know, it's all superlatives I can think of, um, it's got to be one of the best written and most consistent TV shows. Bearing in mind is eight episodes in. Hmm one of the most consistently brilliant TV shows that I've seen in a long, long time. Something that just, like, every episode you're like, holy shit, how can it get any better? Oh my god, what about that? How can it get any better? Next episode, what on earth? It's just every single episode just takes that next step. And I can't remember the last time a show did that, because I think most of the time, you know, you have episodes which feel like filler episodes, or like Mm. there's lulls, or stuff like that. This is, like, mad. Like, if you enjoyed 
whether you enjoyed a graphic novel or the film, I just feel like it, it offers enough to, to, to yeah. please both audiences. And it's, I mean, it's got that Damon Lindelof flavour. At the end of every episode, there's a, a what the fuck cliffhanger yeah. sort of uh, moment, which is fine, keeps you watching, um, and kind of perks you up at the end of each episode. But it's just, it's really well put together. I've seen people saying it's better than the Watchmen graphic novel, and I don't think you can compare the two. They're completely different no, beasts. I don't. I don't think I would compare it because, but I think it offers enough in like it offers enough hmm. on top of the graphic novel to make it feel like it is a next step on from that. Like there's nothing in the show where I go, Alan Moore wouldn't approve of this i mean he probably wouldn't approve of it but but you know there's nothing in the show where mm. I, if i was reading it in an alan moore graphic novel i wouldn't go this isn't right yeah everything kind of offers enough yeah, it's like poli- it's, it's like political um there's obviously absolutely loads of stuff to do with like race and race wars and it's 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 like a show about superheroes which probably is as little about superheroes as any show about superheroes ever ever has been but when you try yeah. and explain it, they go, "What's Watchmen about?" You go, "Well, it's about superheroes," but it really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't about superheroes or vigilantes. No, it's not. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how it how it goes because, I mean, the ending. Uh, I mean, the Watchmen, the, the graphic novel, like, is a, kind of like a perfect, perfectly rounded off story. Hmm. So hopefully, hopefully, the series can can match that. I don't know. Are there going to be many series? Oh, yeah. You know, already is there? Yeah. Is this I don't know. So season? I think there's only nine. I think there's only nine episodes. Mm. So it's also making me kind of go and what check out check out the Doomsday Clock uh, comics, which I never ever did because I did kind of feel like they might tarnish the legacy of the of the graphic novel. So yeah, I've been reading some uh, Grant Morrison comics at the minute called The Filth. Have you read those? Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, just insane about a guy who I don't know how to even describe it. <laughs> It's um, it's it's a guy. A guy. He works for. He worked. He was a sleeper agent who didn't know he was a sleeper agent for some interdimensional, pans-dimensional, <coughs> clean-up police squad task force called the Filth. Um, yeah. And it, it's just insane. The last issue I read was about uh, people traveling into comic books. It has that whole kind of, you know, breaking the fourth or going into the third wall go behind yeah. the third wall it's I don't know it's cool go behind the third wall yeah yeah it's interesting yeah it's uh, it's cool uh, but other than that yeah we saw the two Ouija movies yes the Ouija did movies did you so. did you see the tagline did you Ouija pants did you Ouija <laughs> did you Ouija pants uh, I can categorically and safely say yes. no. Oh, <laughs> I did not. I pooed. We absolutely <laughs> pooed, pants. Poo, but I was just that was just because I naturally needed to do the films. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're obviously going to we're going to talk about both the films. So I guess we're going to be kind of as brief as possible on the speed first jam. one. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what you you posted in, in the horror hangout bottom advisors that we're going to be doing it and a few chaps and chapettes. Mm-hmm. Spoke up, David McCallion says, "The first one was all right. Watch past the time. I haven't seen the second. I have problems with Blumhouse. I find their films very samey. So once you've seen some, you kind of seen them all. There are a few exceptions, like the Belk Experiment and Happy Death Day, but get out. Oh, and uh, get out. But mostly the same." Kelsey Jankovic says, "Struggling to even remember the first one, but I found the second one surprisingly enjoyable." 
Andy Conduit Turner, Mr. Sheets himself, like the production, and there's some great tension building. But I find that movies like this, that after the demon or ghost takes ages to possess the first person, it then manages to jump between others with minimal effort like musical chairs. True. Correct. David Nesbitt uh, says, first one was Pants. Second one is actually pretty good. <laughs> first That's one, how it looks so First one was Billy Pants. <laughs> I mean, the first one, like, <laughs> is that it? Is that yeah, it? yeah, that's it, yeah, so, yeah. So let's just give it, let's just be, yeah. So Ouija, 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 Ouija. I say Ouija. Ouija, I say Ouija. You say Ouija. Ouija board. So Ouija board, Ouija board. Ouija is a 2014 American supernatural horror film directed by Styles White in his directorial debut, produced by uh, Jason Blum, Michael Bay, a lot of other people. Um, <laughs> so it stars Olivia Cook, Darren Kagasoff, Douglas Smith, Bianca Santos as teenagers who have unleashed spirits on a Ouija board. So apparently, when this film does end, it does say based on the Hasbro game, doesn't it? Mm, maybe. There might be some trivia about it. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so the first one is. <laughs> right. Uh... Okay, well, okay, so here's, here's the uh, scores. Uh, Rating 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. And they say slowly, steadily, although no one seems to be moving in that direction. The Ouija planchette points to no. 24% audience scoring on Rotten Tomatoes. 1.7 on Letterboxd. Um, Wait, so 6% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. What? I think the problem with this the first film. Insane. Huh? That's insane. That's yeah, insane, that's, though. Yeah. Um, but I do agree. Yeah. The problem with this film is like, it's so by the numbers so unsurprising that it's like there's just nothing, there's no no scares in the film there's no nothing to make you feel like you're watching a horror film other than it sort of has um you know sticking the boxes there's a creepy thing with some pale there's a, things that mouths go wide there's i mean there's just nothing scary about it's, this film at it all it is the most um bland i was going to say vanilla but i like vanilla mm. Uh, it's yeah, just the most bland, unflavoured, predictable. It's not just the most predictable. It's like film going I've for a seen. can of coke or a bottle of coke and then realising it's just sparkling water. Yeah, not oh. even sparkling water. I don't reckon. I reckon like I don't like sparkling water. Water, so. water that's like <laughs> um, been oh, a bottle of water that's been left in the car in the summer. I for like about that. Three days. Well, plasticky. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like it, Adam. <laughs> um, I found this film probably one of the most the agonizing experiences I've had in a long time. Just boring, just predictable, but not just most predictable horror film, predictable film. Um, void of plot, void of character, void of atmosphere. Tension, is, there's no void building of atmosphere. It. When you, we'll go to the second one in a little bit, but when you watch even the opening scenes of both of these films, like there's just so much more atmosphere and tone and sort of captured. And into the second film than there is in the in this one. It's, it just seems to be made by someone who I'd, knows more about what they're doing. Yeah, I don't understand any of the characters' motivations. I don't understand why any of the scenes are happening. Um, I don't really understand what they're trying to, you know, what they're trying to do. What what the what the ghostly thing is trying to do. Yeah. What it's trying to prove. It has like uh, boilerplate scenes as well, where you kind of feel like they're like template scenes. In this horror movie template of a script, and they were like, they should. The idea was to go back and take those bits out and put 
more interesting versions to tell that bit of story, but they've left in the the just really standard bits of dialogue and really yeah some of the dialogue is you know really really bad to the point where um <clears throat> something that something that i noticed and uh something that the person i was watching it with noticed is that something something kept happening where someone would make someone scared by by appearing hmm. you know i just went all right and they go <laughs> ah and they yeah. look at them dead in the eye and they go oh it's me and you yeah. go i've I know it's you because I can see you with my eyes, you idiot. Are you human? If someone said that to me in real life, or I'd be like, are you dancers? Are you? <laughs> I'd be like, are you a human or are you a robot? Prove it. <laughs> Basically, it is like, you know when you see scripts that have been written by like AI? Yeah. It's a bit like that. And it's a bit Uncanny Valley where, you know, some of these characters look dead behind the eyes. Some of these actresses and actors look dead behind the eyes. And you're like, is this take five hundred and six? Yeah, I do no, worry. No, we gotta. I do worry. I think um, the writers are credited as Juliet Snowden and Styles White, who also directed it. It does feel more like their names were slapped on top of a sort of a committee project. Where uh, I think we're going to spoil maybe maybe one of the trivia questions. Hasbro Entertainment, Michael Bay's in there. Uh, Blumhouse are probably yeah, that's true. That's got, true. got some. Uh, stuff to say about it as they go through it. It feels like too many people are sort of pulling, and they just ended up with such a but then again, the story. Juliet Snowden and Styles White have been involved in um, Boogeyman, which I haven't actually seen, but could be I, great. Could be great. Yeah. Probably is. Um, I'm knowing that film with uh, Nicolas Cage. They wrote uh, that thing, didn't they? They definitely directed it. They wrote that, so they didn't direct it. So, I mean, not the greatest track record, I guess, before this, but this is a real kick in the teeth. This is a real kick in the teeth for any horror fan because, you know, some people, and I hate to I hate to say it because obviously people can't help what horror films they're exposed to, but some people this might be like their first experience of horror or like what they think is the, what, the state of the horror genre, in you know currently. So they might go, oh, what's this film called Ouija? I'll watch that. I like horror films, and you watch it, and you're just like, mm. worse. <laughs> worse still, people out there are going to be thinking this is good. I don't think. I mean, it's. I don't think so. The audience score is twenty four percent. I don't know, mate. I'd be fuming if I, I I'm more yeah, so I'm more worried if people to watch this and go like you said, like this is the state of the horror industry at the minute and it's not not really at all. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. It's um it's frustrating to watch because, you know, when you're a horror fan you really do um you really don't expect to be this disappointed. Or you don't it's almost mm. like you feel like your intelligence is being uh <laughs> there's there's one bit where I was like that was I mean Lynn Shea's in it uh, I think she has to contractually be in at least 10 Blumhouse films a year yeah um, do you know what I, I kind of feel like with when I, when I see Lynn Shea now mm. I kind of just go nah I go not for me like she's in the, there's a trailer for, for a new grudge film isn't there is she in uh, that there's, there was like an R an R rated trailer that came mm. out today and she's in it and it's quite extensive scene with her and I just thought if it was someone else, I might be interested, but because it's you, I feel annoyed. So, I I can't yeah. forgive. You know what is it? Is it Insidious? You don't like Insidious, do you? I don't like any of the Insidious films, unfortunately. I mean, there might have been a couple. I think the first film was good, from what I remember. But I don't know. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I I think the first one was all right. From so she's what been I in. She's been in everyone. Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. Insidious: The Last Key. Um, I know she's going to be in Grudge, and it's just like 
is she playing a character who's really any different like in this film either well in this one uh, it's it's weird I don't know what the motivation again I don't know what the motivation is she just turns to evil uh, halfway through she she plays up as like the, I mean it's, it's a story we've seen many times it's like the, the she's a lot older she's in a mental institution um, and she's I mean it doesn't even hold true with the prequel the prequel she's not evil um, no 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 exactly that makes no sense she's essentially the hero of the first of the of origin mm. of evil and I know obviously it's not the fault of this film considering what order they came out in but it really doesn't you should have really known you should have bloody known what a film's going to be in the Afterwards. future past <laughs> yeah okay you know, I, I guess I'm not too interested in going through the plot too much I don't know about you um, on this one no. so no, no. So it's basically someone who plays a Ouija board as a kid, and in present day, she tries to burn. What you meant board. like an actor plays a Ouija board? <laughs> no, Played by Doug I don't Jones. touch it. And it's like so. Basically, the whole film is like, oh, something weird's happening with the Ouija board. Don't really know what's going on. Or someone hung themselves. All of her friends come together to try and like get to the bottom of it, find out what's happening. But they kind of just keep using the Ouija board. Nothing really happens. Mm. They go like, oh, I was scared a bit using the Ouija board. Oh, we're messing with things we don't understand. If I have to hear that, um, what they say before they use the Ouija board again, I must have said it about 12 times in this film. They say yeah. it like, hearts, hearts so true, friends all together, something, something. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, shut up, you idiots. God's sake. Yeah. Anyway, so everyone's an idiot. Basically, right, every character, yeah. every character's an idiot. <laughs> Especially both the male characters. They're, They're both the same idiot. person, I think. They're both the same person. What are they doing? Oh, we got. We can't mess with a Ouija board. Uh, the only thing we can do to st- to stop messing with the Ouija board is we got to we got to mess with a Ouija board. That's pretty much what their attitude. attitude Even the is. kills are so t- like tame. There's one girl who, I mean, they, they play the game of Ouija boards, and uh, the the spirit t- ticks them off one at a time. Um, and there's like a, a kill where she's like flossing her teeth and there's like suddenly her lips are stitched together and it sort of it did bash her head into the sink a bit so that's quite cool but there's like no I don't know it didn't feel very dangerous at all no. to me no it didn't I, don't know. I, I never I never felt ten, tense or it never felt dangerous I never felt you know mm. and again it's because I'm not invested in any of these characters like when that person was dying I, I was like who's this again yeah, I for the second I was like, has she done a Ouija board, <laughs> or is she just someone who's got caught up in this? Is it attacking yeah. people who haven't done a Ouija board now? And then it's like, oh no, she was one of the who'd done a Ouija board. I'd like it if the actual board attacked them, like just <laughs> yeah, that'd flying through the air, just like ah, yeah, yeah, that would be good. Or the little thing like that just went like in their eye, the little planchard. I mean, I pretty much er- planchard, whatever it's called. I'm also. Are you frustrated by this, right? So, every time someone looks through the Ouija board thing with the glass, mm. they start here, yeah? And mm-hmm. they pan from left to right. Now, we see this maybe four times in this film. We even see it in the second film. But, but the same thing happens every I, time. I'll talk about it a bit, yeah. From left to right, there's nothing. Yeah. There's always something there. There's always, always something on the, right on the far right. So, no, no matter where you stand, no matter where you start, yeah. there's always something kind of there on the right-hand side. So the second, film, the second film does it again. Uh, I kind of feel like the second film was trying to tie stuff, tie the films together in, in certain ways. Uh, but the second film did the exact same thing, left to right, looking through the little glass thing. 
but it felt way more tense. Like there's there's an element of tension, and as they were looking, there was like a, a thing just moving out of view uh, and like moving the body of the girl as well at the same time. It was um, it just it just felt like even though it was a bit of a, a shoddy trick, even that was ten times better in the in the, in the yeah. prequel. And I mean, every time in this original, it was it really really was a shoddy trick. I can't really remember any of the jump scares, but I know they were all kind of annoying, and they were all kind yeah. of that really shrill violin. Yeah. Like every time. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, great, you got me again. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they basically start contacting a spirit called Dizzy, DZ, DZ, um, who's like a little girl, basically a little girl with her mouth sewn shut, and basically they start finding out that it's like the mother is like, uh, you've got to help me, my mother is coming, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, hates mothers. <clears throat> and as more yeah. and more people die, uh, the main character sort of does a bit of digging, finds out about the history. There's a girl called Doris Zander who went missing. Mother was suspected of disappearance, uh, so the main character manages to find the girl's sister, who's in a psychiatric hospital, because obviously she would be. Something terrible must have happened. Played by Lynn Shea. <laughs> yep, yeah, and she explains her mother was a medium, used Doris as a vessel for the dead to speak through. Mother went mad, so Doris, Doris's mother shut before killing her. Um, and basically, she just says, there's a secret room in the house. You gotta go and find Doris's body and unstitch your mouth for the girl to banish your mom. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'd be like, I'm stepping away from this shit mm. right now. I'm not going into any any basement to unstitch any mouth. Kind of going, trying to go for a final destination type of thing as well, where unseen forces picking people up one by one. Um, yeah, it definitely felt like that, didn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so in it ends. <coughs> uh, how does it end? Like, it w- so we wins. basically find out that the grandmother, sorry, the mother, was actually the good ghost. She's trying to stop the friends from summoning her. Um, but it was Doris, and this was quite freaky. I mean, by freaky, 
I don't mean actually generally scary, just look very strange, is that we do see the ghost of Doris in the end sort of crawl, crawl through and she gets <clears throat> basically banished. How did she get banished? Somebody gets burnt. Oh, is it the Ouija board gets burnt? The body oh, no, they gets throw, They throw Doris's yeah. body on the fire. Yeah. And that looked kind of weird. Wait, is Doris not the mum? No, no, Doris is the kid. Right, okay. Fair enough. The, the mum is the mum is called something. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. And that's kind of yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and the ghost like possesses the main character at one point, mm. I think. Um, but the body gets thrown into the furnace. Uh, yeah, and then she sees that that planchette thing has. So the planchette is the weird movie thing, and. Um, and that's kind of like appeared. You can't destroy this board as well. Like if you burn it, it'll just turn back up on the table. That's what I mean. If the board came alive and started to, but if I'm you weren't sure talking, if... you thought you were talking to the spirits, but you're actually talking to the board. It's me. I'm, I'm the board. We do <laughs> kind of see in the in the second film though that that it is just a a game. It is just a like a Hasbro game. Yeah. In a box. Yeah. Why yeah. is it all? Why is it haunted though? Well, it's a it's a vessel, isn't it? It's not. Uh... It's just it's a not, way to communicate. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so. it, maybe it's. I mean, it's not really haunted, is it? I mean, the, the game. But um, in this house. Yeah. Uh, which has got the the spookies, spooky oh, yeah. history. I don't. I yeah. don't know if you got trivia. For, have you got trivia for the first film or is it the second mm, film? I've done a sort of a broad trivia for. Uh, for both. But yeah, them. yeah. I think in general, I was just, you know, thoroughly disappointed Le- and thoroughly straight by yeah. this whole. It's all the streets experience. Right there. Uh, yeah, had to snap a, snap a Twix. Uh, <laughs> I had to snap a Twix. I had to snap four fingers of Kit Kat just to make it through the night. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then Ouija, Origin of Evil. Uh, have you got some info on that one as well? Yeah, so that one's so it's only two years later. 2016 American Supernatural Horror Film. Written and directed. Sorry, no. Directed and edited by Mike Flanagan. Written by Flanagan and Jeff Howard. It's a prequel to the 2014 film. Stars Elizabeth Racer, Annalise Basso, and Henry Thomas. Uh, a widow and her family introduce a Ouija board to, to their phony seance business, thereby inviting a spirit that possesses the youngest daughter. So it is officially the prequel, which is obviously all the past stuff that's mentioned in the first film about the yeah. daughter, mother. These these but, ghost films have a habit of they can't just introduce something and leave it. <laughs> it's got to have a movie. It's, it's like a spinning web. It's never going to end until there's it's a film like, about it's like Patrick the, Wilson's the... socks. Or there's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like the movie universe, isn't it? Like, obviously, yeah. we're in the throes of that. Well, actually, we're probably in the death know, a lot of the death throes of that. I mean, I hope a lot of movie universes kind of haven't taken off. Universal Monsters universe, the MCU obviously has done it. DC was kind of iffy. And it's better uh, now it's given up now. The DC universe seems to be finding its feet now. It's decided yeah, not to be a universe. Goes. This is just a standalone yeah. bloody film. Don't worry yeah. about it. Don't worry about it, mate. Feel it out, mate. Um, okay, so um, by contrast, first film had 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. This one has 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. It does have, does have a 57% user score. Um, and it's got 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which I think... Probably about right, but I think a little bit harsh. I think maybe the problem is it's followed up, following up that sort of really kind of terrible first film. Um, yeah, so I mean, the, the weird thing about this is what I originally thought was 
wow, why why did this sequel even get made? But um, yeah. the last one made a lot of money. Um, based on its budget, I think maybe it made about hundred million or something like that. So we're we might well I think we're Mike Flanagan fans. I know I'm a bit of a Mike Flanagan fan fan now. Um, what were you expecting going into this one after seeing Ouija One? <laughs> Something a lot better because I've seen I think now I've seen all of Mike Flanagan films except um, what's the other one called the VR one Oculus. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I know it's not about VR, but <laughs> Oculus is a VR thing. You seen Absentia then as well? No, that's another one I haven't seen. Sorry. Before I wake. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what have I seen? So I've seen Hush. Yeah. I've seen uh, Gerald's Game and Doctor Sleep. So I thought that. I thought that. I thought including this, that was all of it. But no, you're right. Yes. Absentia was a Absentia Kickstarter film. They they, oh. they crowdfunded it before Mike Flanagan had any, um, you know, nous to his um, directing any... career. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so if we pick the timeline right, I think before I wake, no, it's either Oculus or before I wake. You made similar sort of time. That was his early stuff, and then and then there was this, which seemed to be the transition to him suddenly getting bigger and better stuff. And um, then we had Gerald's Game and House and Horn Hill, and he just seems to be getting bigger. He had to, he's like a meteoric sort of rise, really. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he, he's got he's got the work ethic, and he. Just seems to, I don't know. Just seems to pull out good stuff. He's doing a bloody business, mate, isn't he? I gotta say, I don't think everything like hits like gangbusters that he does, but it all feels well made, at least at the very least. It always feels yeah, really well. It's got like there, there is something that's um, his, his directorial style. I don't think it's entirely unique. I feel like it does borrow from a few yeah um, sort of big hit big hitters, especially like Doctor Sleep. Obviously, there was a lot of obviously Stephen Kubrick King stuff in there, in there. Oh, right. Stephen King and Kubrick <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah so I think it does borrow from a lot of fa- a lot of big directors yeah but it's got a very polished directorial style yeah which kind of just I mean this film's just allowed to breathe a bit which um it still feels a little like. bit like he's finding his feet a bit in this as well uh, I think this might be his first yeah. proper studio film so it might be <laughs> I mean it's not perfect I mean I didn't think it was great but I thought it was in comparison to the first one, it was you know miles, miles, miles better. Um, there were still a few cliche bits, you know, yeah. but I think that's maybe just the 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 uh, subject matter he's working with. Yeah. Um, good to see, obviously, all the there was obviously a lot of actresses and actors, especially including like Henry Thomas, Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. yeah. So people who were in Horn of Hill House and Gerald's Game and other things, actors, a, a sort of like pool of actors that he clearly always goes back to. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good. He's married to one of them, isn't he? He's married to uh, Kate Siegel. Siegel. Is she? She's only in. The, she's only in the first uh, opening scene of this film. Which is uh, she, okay, play, she plays on. like the wife. She plays like. Oh, I didn't recognize. It's got blonde hair in it. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't recognize it. Yeah. Um, and she's the main person in um, Hush, right? That's right. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. He's getting like a little acting troupe together and yeah, definitely regularly using him. Yeah. Um, Okay, so yeah, I mean this was it's better all around. Um, I guess let's just jump in. I mean, the style of the film is that it's, it's so it's got the seventies um, in the in the Doctor Sleep, 
he kind of used it in that as well when he had all the did he have like this, like this? I don't think he had the cigarette burns in the corner, but it felt like he'd sort of captured a sort of 70s um, yeah. ambiance to it. Um, yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, there was a little bit of that one there in this. A little bit of little flickers of the... Yeah. That? that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, okay, so it takes place 1967. Uh, we open with the three girls we mentioned in the first film. Um, so we've got uh, Alessander, who's the mum, uh, who plays mother, and she's a spiritual medium, uh, and she she, she kind of pretends to be talking to dead relatives and stuff. And she says it's like a service; she just likes to help people. And she said it's a way they can sort of come to peace. But she also gets in her daughters, nine-year-old Doris, and what's the other one called? Um, uh, Paulina. Lena. Paulina. Lena. Oh yeah, Paulina. Um, and they sort of help out in the scam. They pull doors, they hide behind curtains and make ooh noises. Ooga booga. Ooga booga. Um I'm your mum <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah, so they're they're doing this, but I think they would it's weird because they did all that at the start. Uh they pretended to the reading or well, they did a reading and it, it it kind of scared the guy too much, the old man too much, and she was like, No, don't worry about it, don't pay for it. And it was five a fiver they're paying for all that and I was like is she making a living from just that she needs to be cranking through their medium, their readings at least I mean what five a day she needs to crank through yeah I don't know the 60s were different but yeah everyone wanted a, everyone wanted their mediums done yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah they're all still grieving after like the death of their um, of the dad the daddy called Roger uh, I don't, did we find out how he died I think so I heard there was a, I read there was a 40 minutes cut from the film some of it was about the dad some of it was about the evil doctor which we only even like touch on mm. later on in the film so there must be like a, a, a ton of stuff missing yeah that's true mm. uh, yeah but so Lena goes to like a party doesn't she and plays like the Ouija board with her mates um, yeah and that's kind of like a setup, you know. Nothing really. Like they didn't contact any spirits, but like the boys yeah. are trying to scare them, and one of the girls is getting like really scared. It's gonna scream. S- sound like I'm just, just raving about Mike Flanagan, but well, to some extent. But even this bit, we've seen this same scene in the in the other film, the the, the gathering of friends. But this feels way more natural. It actually makes you kind of care about the characters. Oh, yeah, definitely. yeah, but it's it's just it's just like dialogue. It's just like exchanges between the characters. You kind of establish those connections between the characters already, even though a couple of the characters you don't even see again. Yeah. Um, just you, you understand that sort of um, yeah. connection between them. There's a funny little moment where one of the girls is like so terrified. Uh, she's just like constantly screaming at every little mention or noise yeah. or movement. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. It's just something. It's just so much more self-assured. Um, yeah, it's a confident. It's a confident film. Yeah, it's, it's it's something that doesn't take too many missteps in trying to bring a very similar story to the forefront. Yeah, yeah. I think it speeds through pretty quickly as well. So pretty soon. Oh, so is that that uh, house party where she found out about Ouija boards? They're all the rage in the sixties, apparently. So she tells the mum that the way she can spice up her medium act, spiritual reading, is to introduce a, a Ouija board. So she does. She goes to Tesco's, Woolworths, maybe Argos. Who knows? Buys one, brings it back, adds magnets, 
makes it all interactive and crazy and she plans to use it. I think did he even get around to using it before Doris ends up speaking um, to it? Yeah, I'm not sure actually. <coughs> Might have been a yeah, so not, again. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So I think they receive a notice from the bank saying they've got to like foreclose their home and basically you know Doris like uses the board to like try and contact her dad. Yeah. Um, and the, the spirit sort of leads her to this secret compartment in the basement and in there there's like a, a wallet full of load of dollar yeah dollar wallet and she she goes to give the mon- money to her mum and obviously says use this to pay the bills yeah um, yeah so that's a, that's a bit weird but then after that I think don't they a few doesn't Alice start believing that maybe there is something to to the Ouija board maybe they can actually contact Roger and have a little chat with him there was a moment before this where what's her name is testing out the Ouija board as part of her act she's like saying is anybody here it's yep. not she's not communicating with death she doesn't intend to be she's just like working through the script and then upstairs Doris is uh, responding as if she as if yeah, yeah, to yeah, the questions fine. yeah it's quite a cool little creepy moment <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool um and then I think there's a few spooky bits. There's bits. There's like lots of shots of like um, I think this might be a bit of a Flanagan treat. There's just like ghosts randomly in some of the shots, yeah. um, with glowing eyes. Uh, yeah, just like all right. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a lot of that. Mm. Um, I do like those sort of like slow spinning shots he does. They're quite cool. Yeah. He does them quite a lot. Uh, yeah, so basically, try and contact Roger. Alice asks him a question. She says, "Where were you when I told you I was pregnant with one of the kids?" And it says "shower," doesn't it? And she's like, "How could he have known? How could anyone have known that? Right. It must have been yeah. shower." Yeah. So. And so yes, yeah, she believes. She basically believes it from from there on out. That yes, they're in contact with her dad's. Uh, sorry, her husband's ghost. And they start. And then she realizes, ooh, business is going to be booming. So she uses Doris as part of the uh, the thing. It becomes a real. I think finally she's vindicated or valid, validated because she's actually now speaking to the dead, or she believes it, and she uh, starts, you know, selling it to everyone in the town. At the same time, uh, Lena is developing a relationship with a a young guy. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Keith, Keith, Keith Lemon. Um, and yeah, I don't know, it's, it's not. I mean, it's, there's bits where they're having their first kiss and stuff. But it's just a sweet little romance. I mean, it's 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 good. I mean, it just it works. You do care about them a little bit. He yeah. seems like a nice guy. Yeah, and he has some weird. He, yeah, he has some weird exchanges with Doris, and they while well, she's obviously becoming gradually more possessed by this spirit which clearly isn't her dad um, yeah. he says to her at one point see you later Doris and she just basically talks to him in quite in great detail about what it's like to be strangled to death oh yeah yeah. and he sort of just goes alright well that was nice oh. see you later interesting yeah <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'd never go. do that yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah there's a bit where Lena finds like loads of paperwork that, that she saw Doris like writing Doris like looking away and writing like, something really fast that's crying yeah yeah and it's in um, fluent Polish 
<clears throat> so she takes them to so at their school there's a guy called Father Tom um, like a priest pre, a priest priest principal yeah. <laughs> a priest principal um, played by Henry Thomas um, and he gets someone to sort of translate them and he gets like and they're obviously all in Polish and then he goes to the house to visit and sort of goes through a weird sort of setup to try and discredit well okay so just a little bit before that there's the, the possession the possession bit where Doris is uh, she's got pain in her neck she comes downstairs in the middle of the night and oh, we, ha- cool. we have the planchard planchette bit where she's looking left and right and then she looks in the mirror and it's like a like it looks like a demon it's got like a weird mouth oh yeah yeah that was pretty cute is it yeah that was a bit was insidious like wasn't it so sort of yeah. weird I mean that's a Blumhouse special that is but was the mouth yeah. sewed but sideways I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it shoves its arm right in the mouth. <laughs> Get a load of this. Yeah, it does. Have a load of this, you bastard. Yeah. Um, I mean, this film does move pretty rapidly now. Think about it, because next up we got like the Father Thomas comes and catches her out in the. You like, he's a creepy, he's a creepy father, <laughs> the creepy priest. Yeah. So he basically goes there with the pretense that he wants to contact his dead wife. <clears throat> and uh, what happens? Um, well, he sits down. And he says, "Where were we when I asked to be married and stuff?" And occasionally she answers. Sometimes she doesn't. Uh, and every every time he's like, "That's incredible." That doesn't that's really incredible. seem that bothered about it. It's and Gloria, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> he's talking to her, and then uh, so then afterwards, he sort of after the so-called successful medium mm. session, he takes. Alison lean upstairs, leaves Doris downstairs, <clears throat> and explains that um, he was basically lying, and he was basically trying to trick the spirit that that's um, possessed uh, possessed Doris. That's right, isn't it? He said, um, yeah. even though she cor- kind of correctly answered every question, he she was basically reading his thoughts and thinking and repeating answers that he was thinking in his mind, which weren't necessarily correct. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then he reveals that the letters were written by a Polish immigrant named Marcus who was taken captive during World War II by this sadistic doctor who conducted experiments on him um, and the spirits knew the answers that only Roger would know because they've been watching the family since the day they moved in yeah so they've been like taking notes talking about it gossiping constantly one of them's got a blog just talks about the lives of Doris and Family. You should stay, stay to this family and just move into our yeah. bloody place. What a shit. Look at this little bitch. <laughs> I, bet, <laughs> I mean, you know, like because they know no one can hear them. Actually, they can't speak, can they? So I'm guessing they're not yeah. saying stuff. But they're thinking it. They're thinking, <laughs> they're thinking yeah. the worst. Which, which in a way is worse. Yeah. You know I mean, silent ghosts. That is quite a creepy idea, isn't it? Just silent yeah. ghosts who can't talk. Stuck Spit to it them. out, ghosts. I can't be bothered. Nah, you said something then. Um, so, okay, so as they're talking about that, Doris kills the boyfriend. I can't remember how. She, so she hangs, hangs him, him doesn't she? Hangs him, but how? So this is all like, so it does pretty much speed towards the finale of the film now. So uh, Doris kills Lena's boyfriend when he comes, so he basically comes to visit while they're all upstairs. She says that they're not there, um, but she's basically, gonna, he can wait for them. Um, 
and then she kills him by he just ends up hanging, doesn't he? Um, absolutely hanging. What? Absolutely like, hanging. Like a... In this time, I think Lena burns the Ouija board in the furnace. Father Tom finds a secret room where these experiments are conducted. So he basically finds it under, in the basement for a secret mm. room. Um, but that's where Doris is. Yeah, She's we... sort, of, sort of like hiding in the walls, that's isn't she? Right. Doris like licks people's ears. She like chats yep. into their ears. And they go, oh no. Their eyes turn white, which is what they did in the first one as well. Um, yeah. And then he, then, then he hanged himself. Uh, and he kind of, he's still sort of bouncing around. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what you call them. You know, it's when Mikey hangs, him, hangs himself. Is it Mikey? Why not? His name's Mikey, yeah. Yeah. No one attempts to try and, like, you know, when some, like, when you always see it, I mean, I've never been around it. get their legs up. No one attempts to do that. They just go, yeah, he's fucked. Also, people shit themselves when they hang themselves. So. Exactly. <laughs> get him out of the house. Yeah. Somebody bloody open a bloody, bloody door. <laughs> bloody stinking. What's he been eating? Yeah. Uh, but his hair is immaculate, even in death. He shit himself, but <laughs> check, out his, check out his hair. Luke Condor's <laughs> ultimate compliment. His hair is immaculate, even indoors. <laughs> even even in death. Even indoors, I said that. <laughs> even indoors. Wow. You maintain that hairstyle all the way as you stepped inside. Um, okay, so uh, things start happening. Um, the father. Does he get? Oh, okay, yeah. So he gets chased. <laughs> no, he just gets chased by a Doris, a spooky Doris, uh, and he lets them out. What happens? Okay, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, so he gets chased by a spooky Doris. Um, no, the, the Doris um, basically possesses him. He gets like milky eyes, doesn't he? Yeah. The, the, did you say that yeah. already? I don't know. Did you say that? Yeah. He gets possessed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he gets possessed and like chases after them. Um, then the ghost manages to like just throw him down the stairs for some reason. Yeah, um, remember that. <laughs> yeah, remember that. If you were, uh, if you were like a ghost and you had a body, you'd keep it for his like his ooh, yeah, would. bloody body. Oh, bloody body is lovely. Spend some time with this. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Alice gets like captured, dragged away. Um, well, Roger's spirit carries Lena when she's unconscious to bed, um, and. There's an earlier moment where like a doll ends up with like stitched mouth and, mm. and Lena thinks it was Doris and she's kind of has a go at her and says yeah. like how dare you do this? My dad gave me this doll. Yeah. Um, but then she realizes it was stitched by her father's spirits to shut out the voices, and that's when she realizes that she needs to sew Doris's mouth shut to quiet the spirits' voices and stop the evil. I felt that's a lot of pressure. Mm. Like, I can't sew. I don't think I can sew very well at all. Imagine trying to like pin someone down. What is that pin as well? Like a hooked yeah. pin. And like it doesn't even seem to like you. Can, you don't just go like in and out. You just go down. Yeah. What is that like? You turn into a sewing machine. Like that's all you. Yeah, need. I don't know. I am sewing machine. <laughs> I was gonna be doing this, and if your mouth gets stitched together, it's your own fault. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing this, and if you get in the way and your mouth gets stitched together, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My hands um, are tied. Literally, I just made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, so what happens so Alice gets like stabbed by Doris she gets possessed uh, like a, a, it's a momentary possession a second sorry that's all it takes yeah yeah and then you get and then 
Yeah, no, no. The spirits possess Lena, don't they? And stab, and she stabs her mum. Yeah. Night. Um, and then Alice pretty much dies. Well, she does die. Says it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't your fault, Lena. I know you didn't mean to stab me. Uh, yeah. And there a moment where Alice sees Roger and Doris like together, and then she like dies as she's dying. Uh, yeah, yeah. She sees the family. Yeah. They're all happy. And basically that's it. So they're all happy. They're all happy together and dead. But Lena, unfortunately, you got to live the rest of your life in a psychiatric hospital based on what happened. Yeah. Jesus. Hang on a second. Also, she's, she's lost the marbles. Uh, it says it in a post-credit scene. I didn't watch the post-credit scene. I, I did watch a post-credit scene. It was, I, I, yeah. Is it basically? No, you don't see anyone. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, sorry, it wasn't. It is Lynn Shea, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Lena receives Sorry. a visit from someone claiming to be her niece. Yeah, so basically it's cinematic like... Cinematic Universe. Cinematic Universe, yeah. Even though the first film is utter load of shit and linking <laughs> those films together is ridiculous. But basically, yeah, so Lena, in, in, when she gets uh, it put into the mental hospital for the suspected murder of her mother and sister, because you can't just go around saying, oh, no, it was just a bloody ghost. <laughs> you can't... You can't. You can, people don't believe you. You can, don't but people you. don't believe you. Yeah. So she goes to the mental hospital. She rips up some some of the carpet and she makes a Ouija board using her blood for letters. I just kept thinking, that's a lot of blood. Make the old bloody alphabet. I can't, I can't stand. I mean, in a sort of not like I don't like that they do it, but you know, people bite. Um, happens in films where they bite and they open themselves up with their own teeth. I think that. I oh, it just goes through me. It just makes me feel really queasy. So she uses some glasses to make the little like the lens thing. Yeah. Um, and then she tries to summon Doris's spirit. I yeah. just think leave, I just think leave it alone, isn't it? Leave it, mate. Maybe she does go a bit nut, nut cake then for the for the. Yeah, but there, there, was a, there was a pretty good final scene, a uh, final shot to this, which is where Spider doctors, Doris. doctors walking past the room, and as he walks past Lena's room, it looks like Lena sat on bed with someone else. Like you mm. see like two figures, and he goes back, and as he's looking in, Do- uh, Lena's right against the glass. Yeah, let me see. Doris running along. So obviously that isn't Doris, is it? That's Marcus again in Doris form. Just leave it alone. Just stop yeah. mucking about with a Ouija board. Just think. Yeah. For the rest of my life, like, because I've gone my whole life without needing to do a Ouija board, right? I've my whole life. A Ouija, oh, Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a Ouija board once. Just, <laughs> just don't do a Ouija board. Like, just go. I ain't gonna do a Ouija board now. Get off the Ouija boards. Go cold turkey if you if you have to. Have I done a Ouija board? I kind of feel like it's something I would have done. <laughs> It seems like the kind of thing I would do, uh, but I think my mum did one once years ago, and she said that uh, it told her that she was going to marry someone with the initials GC. My dad's called Gary Condor. My, our surname is spelled with a K, but most people, you know, as I say in this in this podcast, it's Condor with a K. I have to say with a K because everyone spells seen. it with a C. Yeah. So maybe the ghost. So was basically, like, so basically, what you're saying is Ouija boards are real and true, <laughs> and there's the proof. Yep. Uh, so I mean, so I think the worst things about this film are the things where they try and tie back to the first film. If it was its own thing and it had more free reign, it would it would have been way better. Like I don't, yeah. All the stuff that was that's pointing back to the original one kind of pulls it down. The stitched mouth thing, I can I kind of that's a bit annoying. I don't think it quite works in a way, but it's forty minutes missing in the film, so it it, it could work with a full cut. Who knows? Um, yeah. But there's, there's there's a lot of fun to be had with this film. It's not perfect, but it's fun. Yeah, I think 
I agree. Yeah, the bits where it tries to tie it back to other films don't feel right because they don't feel earned. Mm. You know, not at all. So, so I've got some trivia. That's... So okay. To know. <laughs> okay. Number one. Yeah. Where did the spooky beginnings of the word? Where did this really weird? Weirdly, where did spooky beginnings of the word Ouija find their origins? There again. So, where did the word Ouija find? Like, where did it come from? Uh, Ouija. We we French. Some some of French. Right. Okay. So, Ouija is a trademark of Hasbro Inc. It was uh, made up by Hasbro. Um, oh, the creator came with the name after combining the French and German words for yes, we, and ya. Okay. Yeah. We are. We are. We are. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been the whole thing I was going for here was that uh, it, it kind of makes you feel like, ooh, Ouija board. It's like a bad juju, sort of um, Ichikuku, bad witches, witchcraft sort of uh, thing, but it's just a, it's a toy. <laughs> it's just a thing that Hasbro brought out. Uh, okay, number two. Mike Flanagan released three movies in this same year this came out. Can you name all three? What year was this? 2016. Mm. Hush. Yep. And Before I Wake. Yep. And this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, what's the third then? Well done. Bloody hell. Turn your bloody work. Have a day off, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Jesus, go yeah. home to the wife and kids if you've got yeah. kids. I don't know. Just chill out for it. Have a bloody milkshake and a, and a, <laughs> and a waffle. Just, just... <laughs> Yeah, Not releasing films. So then, what? What was? That? I mean, Hill. Yeah, well, Haunted Hill House, which is apparently like a, it's like a twelve-episode film, um, and Gerald's Game, Doctor C, Doctor Sequel, Doctor Sequel. He's done a lot. Yeah, need to chill out. Okay, number a three. Man. A great man. Great man. I say. Um, <laughs> The actress who plays Doris. Yes. What's her name? Just want to make sure I've got the right the right actress here. In the, the in, the, in the sequel. The, in the act- Matt Flanagan film. Elizabeth the actress who plays Doris is Lulu Wilson. Is that in the first one? No. I don't I don't know the actor who plays the actor who plays her in the first one looks like like Warwick Davis or something. It's just like some <laughs> somewhere something's gone a bit it's, amiss here it's but. some weird like heavily made up child in the first <laughs> film I don't think we ever truly see her do we I can't remember but by the way just before I go into this one um, Doug Jones is in Ouija Origin of Evil I think he was supposed to play the creepy doctor but then okay. we can see uh, okay number three I've got here Elizabeth Reeses played a character called Doris twice but I think this might mean Lulu we'll, we'll double check in a second in Ouija Origin of Evil and what other film was she called Doris in? What did Came you out in 2015. Give me another clue. Is it a horror film? No. It's not a horror film. <laughs> no. Well, there are is other it, films. Is it? I don't know. I can't. I can't even. I can't even say. The other film. No. She's, she was called Doris in or, uh, Ouija: <laughs> Origin of Evil. And 2015's Hello, My Name is Doris. Okay, number four. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You're right. That's what it's called. The other film's called Hello, My Name is Doris. 
That's true. Don't know what to tell you. But I don't know if this is Elizabeth Reset because this said no. in Ouija Origin of Evil. But it wasn't Mate, you... Le- Reset in Ouija Origin of Evil. Was it? No. I don't know. That's what I mean. Something's Some, messed up. And it's the government. Something's messed up. <laughs> Okay, it's, the gov- bloody gov- <laughs> it's the government, mate. It's number the bloody four. government. We have no more of these films if we don't bloody change the government. Go on. This house in Origin Ouija of Evil uh, was in another Blumhouse horror movie. Can you see what the film is? Same house, two films. Same house is another Blumhouse horror movie. Yeah, this is the Blumhouse, I guess. Was it in Us? Go back to this house and us. Do you really want to go with us? <laughs> uh, is it in Get Out? It was us. No, it was <laughs> push you away from the right. No, it, it was from uh, Lights Out, which is close. Get Out, Lights Out. I see you. Yeah, lights out. you were I haven't on the seen way. Lights Out. Over. Yeah, I haven't seen I Lights Out. Over. Again, in the same way, Mike Flanagan needs to give it a rest. Blumhouse need, need to give it a bloody rest. Yeah. Remember in the last quiz episode we found out they'd done like ninety films. Yeah. Give it a rest. <laughs> have, they make their have money. A, have a year off. By the way, you lights they out. They make their money by churning out some shite. I would I would say uh, lights out. Don't bother watching the feature film. It's it's based on a short film. There's like a viral yeah, thing. And the, the short film's I've great. I've seen that. that yeah. That is scary. I've seen it, mate. Complete it. Uh, number five. What are the three Ouija rules that they break? Uh, or do they? This says always. Oh, hang on a sec, go on. Look on the bright side of life. Go on. Always say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, don't do it in a bloody graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it naked. I don't remember. Don't. Don't do it in a graveyard. Don't do it in in a nude. <laughs> don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Don't do it in a graveyard. Always say goodbye. Boom! Yeah, and it says here uh, they were all broken. Family members played alone. Goodbye was never uttered. And it said a graveyard was involved. Was it? Oh, yeah. I guess it was Basically, if they all died in the house. It was a graveyard yeah. because the, the house yeah. was essentially a graveyard, yeah. I haven't even thought about the review for this. Well, I know I'm going to give one. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I would safely and happily give Ouija. An F. Fucking <laughs> hell. Because I haven't felt like. Well, I haven't felt this like actively annoyed by a film in a long time. And I think it's just. It's a genre of film it is. Which mm. I said. I'm already on a knife edge with anyway. And when it goes bad for me, it really goes bad. And I find this the most predictable. Slop. Pile of shite. Pile of <laughs> slop. Just slop. Just, yeah, just slop. Yeah. Just, just pure slop of, its, of the most basic level sloppy yeah. slop um so yeah i'd give it that <laughs> but i'd go as far as to say that the ouija of origin of evil i'd give a b minus nice um okay well i was gonna go for an e for just uh, do an f mate don't go sitting on a fence i'm not sitting on a fence it's an e i mean it's it's pretty bad but it's not like uh i mean it it makes sense like it's do you know what i mean it's, it it what it sticks it it knows what genre it is and it it does it but it doesn't do it very well um, that's like saying I know I'm a human so I'm saying no but it, like, if, I think an F an F is like a film that has failed at being a film like it's like it, uh, 
If if F is the lowest I've ever given a film on this podcast, then I'm happy to stick with that. Okay. F you. <laughs> uh, what, and I was going to go for a um, uh, a B minus for Ouija Origin of Evil. Yeah. So we both went for B minus because I think yeah, it's it's far more competent in essentially trying to do the same thing. Yeah. I think the 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 60s setting helps it a little bit, mm-hmm. helps it feel a little bit more, you know. Tasty, yeah, more interesting. More interesting. I kind of wish it wasn't tied down to the to the first one in in, in any way. But there you go. It's it's bogged down by the first one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, thanks for listening. Become a patron over patreon.com forward slash Cleaver. Thanks to Kevin Cameron for a few music. Thanks to Ed Castro's in the show. Thanks to the people on the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Uh, if you enjoyed the show. Subscribe, go to iTunes, hit subscribe. Did I say subscribe twice? I don't know. Subscribe, subscribe once, then unsubscribe, and then subscribe, then again. subscribe again. Just to be really sure. Like Two factor authentication. That. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Okay, so uh, yeah, thanks to my co host Ben for being right, our dude. Thank you, Luke. Thanks, as always, for being just, just the best. Thank you. <laughs> that sounded a little bit patronizing. Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go. I really need a wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>